Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. You know me, I'm Casey. And you probably know me, I'm Matt. I would hope they know you if they know me, but who knows? They may know me and not you and vice versa. You know, if you listen to this podcast and don't like me and like Matt, I totally get it. I can be kind of a jerk sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, I have a question for you real quick. Yes, go. If I was to ask you, who do you think, if you were to ask a whole group of people what they thought the original Disney character was, who do you think they'd say? I mean, I think most people would say Mickey. I mean, clearly, right? I mean, Walt Disney's even got a quote that is, I hope we don't lose sight of one thing. It all was started by a mouse. But here's the thing wasn't started by a mouse it was started by a rabbit <laughs> that that has less of a ring to it um <laughs> <laughs> well, i don't know if, if it's a lucky rabbit potentially yeah but you are i correct. guess that's true here's the reason why people have that mindset that it was all started by a mouse because the walt disney company as we know it today has that majesty of walt you know failed in his early life and then suddenly he got a strike, a str- um, he got struck with inspiration, and that is how Mickey Mouse was born. But prior to Mickey Mouse ever being part of Walt's life, there was another, and his name was Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. So that you- that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. We're going to kind of go through the, like, honestly, I, I say wacky history, and I, I truly mean wacky. Like, it's it's just, it's crazy what happened. Um, and talk about the character and, and Casey, this is one of your favorites. Um, and so kind of talking to you about, you know, why this character, why you like this character so much, but I, I have to start with a very quick story that kind of relates to Oswald. Um, so in our, this for that episode, you pitched replacing the Mickey and Tinkerbell, um, character meet and greet with an Oswald and Mickey meet and greet, because mm-hmm. that made way more sense. Like who in their world would want to meet Mickey and Tinkerbell? And so I had been thinking about that and I agreed with you in the podcast. It's like, yeah, who would want that? And um, uh, I walk into my daughter's bedroom and we have uh, Mickey Mouse on the wall and Tinkerbell sheets. And I'm like, well, I guess I just discovered the person who wants the Mickey and Tinkerbell <laughs> character meet and greet. <laughs> I love that. That is great. So, but that with is that awesome. said, I'm, I, with that said, I'm still up for an Oswald meet and greet in the park. So um so Casey, where do we begin? Like we, I guess we begin at the beginning of Oswald, correct? Yeah. So this, this, this it is a very convoluted story. And, and again, I'm not going to go through the nitty gritty of everything we see here, but he, here's the gist of it, right? So a lot of people think that the original was, was Mickey Mouse, but actually when you go back to the Disney Brothers studios, one of the things that Walt Disney was famous for prior to Mickey, even prior to Oswald was what was referred to as the Alice comedies. These were his very first foray into animation. And here's the funny thing about it. The Alice comedies, they were a a juxtaposition of animation overlaid on top of live action. And so what happened though, is this got to be very cumbersome. It got to be a little bit, a little bit more expensive. And so what happened was Universal wanted to kind of get into the the animated realm, Universal Pictures. Um, uh, and Charles Mintz, who um, at the time was a producer, developer, whatever you want to talk about, he got wind of this. 
Um, and basically he, and Charles was the one who was kind of working with uh, Disney on the Alice comedies. And he said, look, why don't you create a new character um, that we could pitch to universal? Now at the time, it's important to remember other characters that were around were like Felix, the cat and crazy cat. Now we all, I, I don't know if you know, I don't know crazy cat so much, but I know Felix, Felix, oh, yeah. hundred years. Um, he didn't want to do a cat. So he said, you know, what? how about a rabbit? Right. So him and um, his really close confidant, his chief animator of iWorks, they decided to kind of turn their attention to this. They, their original incarnation got rejected. They didn't like the way he looked. It was this old looking rabbit. So they redid him, and it turned out that um, the first one was really, it was really poor quality. The, the original uh, cartoon was called poor Papa and um, he, they decided, no, we don't want it. So they redid it. And the first one that he actually was debuted in was called Trolley Troubles. So Oswald is this, um, think of him like the personality of Mickey Mouse in the early days, kind of this hyper, um, hyper intelligent, kind of sarcastic, um, over the top character. Um, Mickey Mouse kind of became subdued over the years until recently. Oswald, not so much. He's always been kind of sarcastic. He's always been just kind of um, mischievous. Yeah, I think that's the word I'm looking for. Mischievous. He's got a partner uh, or t- uh, a, a lady partner or t- uh, or teens or teen. Ah, gotta say it right. Or Tinja, I think is how you say it. Or Tinja or Tinja. I always can pronounce it wrong, but it's basically the lady Oswald. This <laughs> is how I put it. So anyway, it's really successful. That that's the key here. It's very successful. Um, basically, uh, Walt was making about a hundred dollars for a week salary. Roy was making $65 a week salary and they were making $500 per Oswald short, um, with Walt getting 60%, Roy getting 40%. Um, and of course the animators were being paid, but the problem was, is every time, um, that this would go into production, what was happening was Charles Mintz was starting to lure, um, disney's animators away he had 20 animators and every time they would bring this up to quality control all these things he he would start to talk to these animators and lure them away to start working for him so the 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 cartoon itself the the short itself started to get to be a little bit more expensive a little bit more time consuming and in the spring of 1928 disney travels to new york to, um, well, before that, he's actually trying to start shopping around some of his other ideas to other produce production studios. He doesn't get very far with that. So he decides, all right, I'm going to go over to Charles Mintz, again, working with Universal, um, to say, hey, I need to get a raise in order to be able to do this. I want to raise for myself, for my animators. Unbeknownst to him, Charles Mintz kind of like smacks him with a, well, you're not going to get a raise. In fact, you're going to work for a 20% cut or we're just going to do it over here ourselves and you're locked out. The reason why he was able to do that is because he signed over all of the rights of Oswald to Charles Mintz and Universal. So he had no stand, no, no ground to stand on. Basically, Charles said, Mintz said, you're not going to do it for 20% less. You're done. I've got your animators over here. They already know how to do this. And just like that, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was gone. And it was on his train ride home back to California that he was so bent out of shape. Disney was so bent out of shape, so upset, so frustrated that the the, the reports vary about what actually happened. I've heard reports where he just had an inspiration, 
another report was he saw a mouse on the train car and that gave him an inspiration at that point. Apparently there was a stop. He got off. He called his wife and said, everything's going to be okay. And, you know, I've got an idea. And then that's when he got back. And the only animator who did not leave him was Ub Iwerks, his chief animator. And the two of them at that point put Mickey Mouse together um, for a lot of people say it's Steamboat Willie, but the first movie he actually w- was drawn in was called Plain Crazy, which came out second, but Steamboat Willie was the first with sound. So all of that said, you don't get Mickey Mouse without Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Well, and I think the interesting thing is, and this shows kind of how much Walt meant to this early animation, it's not like Universal had the rights to Oswald and Oswald became this highly successful character of the time. It it fell flat. The stories fell flat from from what I'm reading. It became more it, one of the reasons why Oswald was so popular was because Walt made the character come alive. Um, well, actually, and, actually, Matt, that's I, I mean, I hate to disagree. That's not quite true. I mean, he, he was it was very popular under Walt's management, but Universal did go on to produce an additional set of movies. But what what they did is the character as Walt drew him was gone because you're right to to your point, the way Disney drew him, the way Walt drew them, the way his animators drew him, they couldn't make that come alive. So they ended up changing his face. They ended up changing his character type Um, later on into the thirties, late thirties. He, again, his popularity did start to decline mainly because Walt brings Mickey Mouse on the scene and he becomes this automatic success overnight, right? So I think what I'm trying to get at is if you look at some of the stuff post-Disney, Oswald looks a lot younger. He's got more of a youthful look. Um, But at some point they do phase it out because they just can't compete with the mouse at that point. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, It doesn't become this like, it's it's not like Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was a a staple of the NBC Universal company for Correct. years and years and years. Like he he does kind of fade into oblivion, and yep. kind of that's that's um you know that kind of seems like the end of the story, and that is until this is my favorite part. And I know well, we've let's talked not, about, hold on yeah let's oh, not go there yet. We, okay, yeah, we're not there yet. yet. We're not there yet. I know where you're going, but we're not there yet. So he fades kind of into oblivion, but. Then he develops, believe it or not, he develops a career in, in comic books too. So what happens is, is so Walt draws him originally one way, the, the way that we know him now in Disney lore. Universal takes control, makes him more youthful, makes him more kind of a kid-friendly look. Um, at that point, um, he's also, because he's owned by Universal, believe it or not, he actually cameos in some old Woody Woodpecker cartoons. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, right. That makes sense because, like, Woody Woodpecker would have been kind of NBC Universal's bread and butter. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, then at some point, he then makes um, a series, uh, an appearance in um, Oswald the Rabbit comic books. But if you look at the way he's drawn, he's not black anymore. He's gray. He looks more like Peter Cottontail. He's got two kids, and he's, and he's he looks more like he's he's reminiscent of like he would have like almost like fit into like Winnie the Pooh at that point. But again, huh. all owned by Universal, by that particular company. Then, so all that happens, he, he makes a couple of uh, cameo appearance, appearances, but he kind of dies out. Like, 
after like the 60s, you really don't see him anymore. Um, other than really outside the United States, he's just really not, uh, he, he kind of fades into oblivion. No one, myself included, no one knew who this character was. People forgot all about him. And then the favorite part of the story, which I'll let you tell, because I know you love this. Yes, this is my favorite part of the story. And and so it really was when Bob Iger um, took over the company, he kind of made it his goal to get Oswald the Lucky Rabbit back in the Disney fold. And so we've talked about this in this podcast. This is not necessarily a, a, a new story that I'm sharing, but um, NBC had just acquired Sunday Night Football. Um, so this is NFL football happening on Sunday night, big primetime slot. Sunday has always been dominated by NFL football in the fall and winter. And they had just signed John Madden, who is a legendary sports announcer. And John Madden had just spent the last, I want to say, three or four years on Monday Night Football what, with what, Al Michaels. What you got to do, Matt, what you got to do if you want to win the game you you got you got to get the football down the field and into the end zone. That is how and you boom. score a point. And if you want to win a game, you got to score more points than the other team. That's John Madden. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. And and you got to add a boom in there. And boom, yes, he hits boom. it. Uh, so yes, John Madden. I mean, the the fact that he has a video game franchise named after him, you've probably heard the name Madden. Um. And then um, he, so the, the previous uh, four or five years was with Al Michaels on Monday Night Football. And so um, uh, they, NBC very much wanted to make sure that their Sunday Night Football announcing crew was really, really good. I, I tell mm. you this as a sports fan, um, this is a weird thing, but the commentators that you have on these games very much affect the enjoyment of the game. And, and you might think if you're not a sports person, that seems weird, but I, I promise you talk to a sports fan in your life when there's bad announcers, like talk to your, talk to your people who love football about Monday night football's broadcast broadcast crew last year. It, it, it was, it was a dumpster fire and it really affected the enjoyment of the game. And so Sunday night football wanted to make sure that they had this. So um, when Bob Iger comes and says, you know, I want Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. From what I gather, the guy in charge was like, who? What? You want what? <laughs> I don't know what that is. And and they said, fine, you can have Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And from what I gather, there was a whole bunch of other stuff involved, but it was, but we want Al Michaels. And that was the trade. So Al Michaels, a real person, gets traded for Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And I really like how you know, Al Michaels has asked about this and he really kind of takes it in stride. Um, though I do think there's an ulterior motive, which I'll get to in just a minute. You know, he's like, I'll become the answer to some trivia question, uh, later. But I also think because he had just spent the last two or three, four years on Monday Night football with John Madden, he honestly wanted to keep with that because um, Monday Night Football had a terrible time finding that second color commentator for years they had the most buffoonish people on there and it was just it was just a circus and I'm sure Al Michaels finally when John Madden got in the booth was like oh thank goodness and so when the opportunity came to then move with him to NBC it was like "Ah, okay sounds good well I want to I want to add a couple a little bit more to this story that as I was researching this story 
I didn't know until I was researching for our podcast here. So number one, um, again, this happens in 2006. So this happens in February of 2006. So this was 14 years ago. Again, this was a Bob Iger promise to Diane Disney Miller um, saying that he was going to get Oswald back. But here's, here's what actually kind of was the catalyst behind that. We talk about Disney and video games a lot, and there yes. is a, a video game out there. There's actually two of them, but the original was called Epic Mickey. And the idea behind this video game was this idea of Wasteland, which is a kind of a dystopian version of Disneyland where things that Disney had are tossed aside and, and tossed into this wasteland. And Bob Iger, knowing that this game was in development pre-2006, um, because the, the game itself came out, uh, I want to say, in like 2010, if I'm not mistaken. Um, knowing that this game was in development, uh, uh, he, he, he basically had the foresight to say, man, what is one of the biggest things that got tossed aside that Disney made? Well, it's Oswald. And so that is what the catalyst was that, that initiated the trade um uh to be able to do this this is why he wanted to do it and again it was an unknown property universal had been sitting on it for years and they weren't making any money on it they had the rights to this thing in fact it was so unknown they actually let the 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 copyright that the trademark um lapse on like two or three of the very early oswald shorts um because they weren't making any money on it so when disney acquired them there are three i think movies that are in or three shorts that are in the public domain because the copyright has lapsed on them. So here's what I did not know. They have the rights to Oswald only in the version of the, the form that he was that Walt and his animators drew. They do not have the copyrights to anything that Universal produced after they took control. Interesting. I mean, I had, I, I, I had no idea. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. I mean, ultimately, I, I I wouldn't see why the Walt Disney Company would want to put out anything Oswald that wasn't what Walt did. But I, that that's an interesting little wrinkle. Hey, have mm-hmm. you played Epic Mickey? I have. I've not played the second one. I actually have the second one. Nate bought it for me, and I never played it. I felt horrible about it. I have played Epic Mickey though, and it's a it's a blast. I got I never was able to beat it. I got caught up at the Mad Doctor, and I could never get past him. Yeah, so what I love about that, this game, is it very much kind of is like the Oswald story. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, Mickey, obviously, Mickey is your main character, and he travels into this alternate reality type thing. Again, like you said, the wasteland. But he meets Oswald there, and Oswald is portrayed at kind of this, like, bitter character that got... Uh, you know, cast aside and it's mm-hmm. kind of like an Oswald redemption story. And I, I think it, it's a, if you have not played this video game, I would highly look into it. If you don't have the system to play it, check out a, a, a like a playthrough online or something like that. The plot is really interesting. The music is really cool. It, it, it's a lot of it is like to point out that it's one of the very first video games where you have choices on how you play and the choices affect the outcome at the end yes so you have a choice so basically you're, you're, you're using it's the nintendo wii and you're using your wii and you can choose to spray paint thinner to destroy this land or choose to spray paint and make the land whole again and the more you do one or the other you basically get an outcome and I, you, you talked about the redemption story of oswald if you choose to do destroy the land 
Oswald doesn't have as much of a redemption story as you would want. He actually becomes a little bit more bitter, where if you choose to do the paint thing, he actually ends up becoming redeemed. So again, spoiler, but it's been 14 years. So you know. I was, a, I was um, a good little, I was a good little boy. I guess little boy in 2010 <laughs> would have been me as in my twenties, but I was a good uh, person and decided to uh, in uh, paint the land. So um, yeah, it's a really fun yeah. platformer. So if, if you, if you're looking for a video game, that is a Disney video game that is not um, a lot of times Disney video games can be a little bit on the eh scale. This is a good one. This was, and this was a very good one, and they actually tried to make Mickey more edgy in this one, tried to make him a little bit more mischievous, bring him back to his original state as well. Now, you had asked me at the top of the episode, you know, why do I have such an affinity to Oswald? Um, I think there's there's two reasons to this. There's a practical reason, and then there's the, the romantic reason. So let me go practical for a second. Practical, um, I remember... Um, being at the um, Lakeside Mall in um, Sterling Heights, Michigan, right on the border of Shelby Township. Um, I worked at that JCPenney there, uh, which at this point I believe is closing, but I was there when I was there as a sales manager um, back in uh, 2008. And I remember going to that mall. I remember actually going to the mall with my Aunt Sharon um, for whatever reason. They had a Disney store in that mall. And we were in the Disney store and I had just gotten, it wasn't my first apartment. It was actually my, my second apartment, but it was my, it was my, my, my second apartment or my third apartment actually. Um, but it was my first one out after, um, living with my parents for a while after college. And we're out, I'm out with my aunt Sharon and we're in the Disney store. And of course the Disney store of the, of the, you know, late two thousands was, you know, 2000 ish was pretty cool. And Oswald, they had a huge push for Oswald the lucky rabbit um, in fact, they were clearancing a lot of stuff out because this was right around the time, right before the children's place bought the Disney store. So the Disney store proper was clearancing a lot of stuff out to make room for all this children's place stuff. And they had, um, in their store, all of these canvas paintings. They're probably two foot by 18 inches. They had them in all these different characters, Mickey, Pluto, Goofy, Donald, Rockstar Mickey and Oswald. Now hmm. I had already bought a couple of these that had been clearanced. I, I didn't know who Oswald was. And I asked the cast member and they briefly told me who he was. And I, and I was like, that's such a cool, you know, I, I was like, I want to get that painting just cause it sounds really cool. And I didn't have the money, but my aunt Sharon bought it for me and I've still got it hanging. It's, it's um, sitting outside my, my, my Disney room in my hallway right here. That's the practical reason is it's got some memories of me hanging out with my aunt Sharon and her purchasing this for me. And I remember coming home and researching, you know, again, this was back in 2008 in my apartment. And the more romanticized reason I think that I, I, I just have an affinity for Oswald is because from a human level, he is the epitome of success turning to failure and a phoenix rising from the failure of, you know, the ashes of failure. Disney has always been a mentor, a role model, somebody I've looked up to as I'm looking up to his picture right now. I'm looking up to him, somebody who had vision, somebody who, who dreamed a world that he wanted that didn't exist. He could have very easily, after that circumstance with Oswald, just gave up. And said, that's it. I'm not meant to do this. 
and I just think about how dark the world would be if he would have given up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, Mickey, of course, Mickey deserves all the praise. Mickey is what built the company. But this to me, and and, and I'm going to talk to the, the little boys and girls. If you're listening to this podcast right now, I know we have a lot of families who listen to this podcast. So, you know, whether it's Aiden Sharif's son or, um, you know, Amber's kids who are listening, whoever is listening right now, this is a point for you. Mr. Walt Disney, the man who created everything you love about Disney, the man who created Mickey Mouse, the man who created Walt Disney World, Disneyland, the man who dreamt it and it became. Even he made mistakes. Even he failed. Even he um, had stuff taken away from him and, and he made mistakes but he did not let that define him. He got back up and he said, I'm going to dust myself off and I'm going to try again until I get it right. And I just think from a romanticized story, that right there is what the human spirit is all about. We have to be able, you know, after the year that I've had this year, losing my job and of course COVID and every, you know, we've all been through, we it's time for us to pick ourselves up and say enough's enough. We're going to move forward and make something better for ourselves. And that, that's why I like Oswald. He embodies that. That's why I like him. Well said. Because I, I was always curious about that because, I mean, have you ever seen an Oswald short? I Well, um, I have. I've, I've, I've Googled them. I've, I found okay. them online, like some of the... Um, some of the, the, the free, the free ones. I know that there's um, a DVD out there that the, the other ones are included on. I can't tell you, I've seen every single one of them and I can't tell you that the most exciting things in the world either. I mean, they're not the yeah. most exciting shorts. They're just like watching an old Mickey mouse cartoon is not the most exciting thing in the world, right? It's a different era. So for me, it's, I think it's less about the entertainment value and more about the symbolism behind who he is, you know? And I think I've that's got, what's most, yeah, I think that's what's most interesting is that, you know, so much of our, our our love of certain characters come from, well, I like him in the movie. I like her in the movie. I like that animal in the movie. I, I like this character because of something that they do. And I, I think that's just an interesting, that's an interesting reason to to be connected with a character. And I, and I, I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was well said. Um, I own one piece of Oswald merchandise. I bought it for two ninety nine at the uh, outlets because it came in one day and it's an Oswald, the rabbit mug. And the good news about it is I drink tea out of that mug as I'm sitting next to my daughter at breakfast. And she goes, who's that guy? What's that guy's name? And it. now she knows who Oswald, the lucky rabbit is. <laughs> I, I own a couple pieces of Oswald, the lucky rabbit merch problem is is they don't they don't have a lot of it i i've i've collected every pin of oswald i have the oswald the only oswald plush the the small core plush they also had a knit plush which i also have i have the set of oswald ears that's actually thanks to nate because he bought those and i own an oswald tin toy which was clearanced and I also bought, this is the only Erebus Brothers piece of gla- uh, glass art that I have from Disney World, an Oswald Erebus Brother little miniature. Other than that, no, you I can't know. find it. I, there's a, there's a, gl- there's a glicky out there. Is how you say glissy, glicky out there that you can get from Shop Disney for about $150. I've thought about purchasing that before, 
but you can't find a whole lot. I own every Oswald t-shirt. I think I have four Oswald t-shirts that I bought every time. I have an Oswald hoodie. I don't buy I didn't buy the Mickey Mouse hoodie. I bought the Oswald one. It's um, Tokyo Tokyo Disney has a big I think they have a whole shop dedicated to Oswald. So if you if you so um so does Disneyland, I think too. Yeah, I, I want to say that as well. But I know like in my um uh, in my eBay browsings um to look at Oswald the Lucky because that's what I was wondering when I was doing research for this. It's like, okay, what kind of merch is out there? And so I I I you know, obviously on Shop Disney there's limited, but I looked on eBay and it looks like a lot at Tokyo has a big affinity for Oswald and so they they pump out a lot of merchandise for Oswald the Lucky Rabbit in Japan. Yeah. I'll have to ask Tanja about that. And it does look like you know, Oswald's not going anywhere. There's been some rumors floating around, although not confirmed, that they may be developing an Oswald uh, um, miniseries for Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, you know, and that that would be amazing to breathe some life. I would love to see them for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. This is something simple they could do. Bring some character meet. Bring, as long as we're able to do it with COVID. Bring some character meet and greets in of Oswald. I'd love to see them bring an Oswald character meet and greet. I'd love to see them bring an orange bird meet and greet. I think that'd be a blast. And a figment meet and greet. Um, and, you know, figure out a way to bring in some of that nostalgia of the last 50 years. Oswald, just of the last, let's be very honest with you, we're coming up on 100 years almost. So, you know, you know that, that's something simple you can do that I guarantee you would you know, sap or suck a lot of people away from some of the attractions around the park to be able to, to have people meet these really unknown characters or, or lesser known characters or hard to, to define characters. I would totally, I, I will tell you this. I would wait in line up to two hours, three hours to get a meet and greet with Oswald. Wow. And I don't, and, and, and and I don't think that about any attraction. And I don't think that you're alone in that. I don't think that you're like a crazy outlier. I think there would be a lot of people that would wait in long lines and to to meet Oswald or Figment. And and here's the thing with the Figment and the Dreamfinder, I know that that costume exists because I have a picture of myself <laughs> when I'm young with yep. the Dreamfinder and Figment. I I was looking through uh, photos for a Christmas present, totally like totally not Disney related, but I I stumbled upon all of our Disney vacation photos. And I was like, Oh, this is really cool. I'm, I'm, I, I had a good time kind of walking down memory lane there. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, if, if they put Oswald in the parks, he would instantly become a people, people would go to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, folks, that is the story of Oswald and why I have such an affinity. And just now you know who he is. And I'm really glad. I, I was so happy we were going to put this as one of the episodes out there when I pitched it to you, Matt, a couple weeks ago. It's like, I just got to get it out there because a lot of people don't know him or they only know of him briefly. And so now you know. So um, it's closing time. How do they get a hold of us? You can send us an email, beersandears1928 at gmail.com. We love uh, hearing from you, the listeners. Uh, Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast. Join on up. Twitter and Instagram, at Beers Ears 1928. We love uh, interacting with you on those platforms as well. Um, as always, um, if you have a chance, please rate and review us. Five stars, five stars. Um, it really does help us out. Same with hitting that subscribe button uh, or follow button or whatever it is on whatever. We're on so many podcast platforms. I don't know what that button is, but make sure you just add us to that queue. One, if for your convenience, you get uh, the new episodes downloaded automatically. But the second thing is that helps kind of boost our 
footprint on the internet. So thank you to everyone who is out there listening. We we are we are so appreciative of of you all uh, being with us on this fun fun journey. All right, let's go ahead and raise our glasses. This episode has been on us. See you again real soon. Bye, everyone. <laughs>